Welcome to the Unqualified Sports Show for March 14th, 2020. I am your host, Nate Snitko, and with me, as always, is my partner in crime, Forrest James. It's the last one ever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Vernon! So, uh, this, oh, this being a sports podcast, uh, we will be going on hiatus because, as you will hear after this, there are no sports going on uh, after this week. Nothing. Uh, but we're going to start today with the NHL. The NHL suspended operations this week, uh, 24 hours after the NBA the same, made the same call, uh, which we'll talk about a little bit later. There was some um, speculation that they might be trying to get out of it. That was not, in fact, the case. Uh, one, it turned out was that Gary Bettman, who is the commissioner of, of the NHL, cannot unilaterally suspend the season. He actually has to go to the NHL's board of governors oh. and have them sign off on it. It took about 24 hours to get rid of to get control contact with enough of the um, the board of governors to to get the the go ahead to have that happen. Um, they did suspend games uh, indefinitely. Um, obviously, nobody really knows what's going to go on at this point. Uh, but as of Thursday night, there is no NHL. Um, yeah. <laughs> so how does that make you feel? <laughs> Really bored, actually. <laughs> I, I spent a lot of my time during the week watching Celtics and Bruins games this time of year, and uh, I'm, you know, I'm really going to miss them. Like, I like hockey. It's my favorite sport. So um, I think they made the right call um, because if you look at some of the news that's coming out of some of the places where they've had particularly high rates of infection, I think, you know, limiting the number of mass gatherings makes an awful lot of sense, particularly because, you know, the United States does not have the testing facilities that some other countries have at the moment. Uh, Italy pretty much completely shut down earlier this week. They actually banned all public gatherings larger than like 100 people. They were actually canceling funerals because they, uh, you know, they they didn't want that many people gathering in one place. That seemed Basically, all, an un, all industries deemed non-essential are shutting down there at the moment. But they also have like hundreds of deaths they announced i think like 134 deaths in one day earlier this week due to the coronavirus so okay yeah um yeah so that leaves a number of interesting questions uh we will go over some of those later on not you know not least of which is will this season ever resume and will they award the stanley cup but a more immediate concern seems to be what's going to happen to the people who rely on those games for a living. Um, you know, yeah. obviously all of those games have somewhere in the realm of like 1,200 to 1,500 people who, you know, work those games uh, either in concessions or janitorial duties or, you know, various other functions. Um, this week, the ownership of the Bruins, who, who incidentally, also owns TD Garden, where the Celtics play, uh, came out with a statement saying that they were looking to sort of come to a decision on how they were going to be able to handle those workers. There have been a number of NBA owners who have come out and said, yes, they will pay their hourly workers as though those games happened, even if they're not. Unfortunately, you know, so far we haven't really seen anything like that from Delaware North, which is the parent company that the Jacobs family owns uh, that owns TD Garden. Um, my hmm. suspicion is, is that they will probably end up doing it, but I mean, they'll, they'll be pressured, right? Yeah. I mean, there'll be a lot of pressure to do it. And I, I wouldn't be surprised to find out that there is a level of government, um, a, a measure of government bailout for businesses that would, uh, that would be affected, um, by these sorts of things. I mean, when we're talking sports though, they, they might be one of the industries that don't need a bailout because they've got 
they don't need the bailout. A lot of money and, to and begin like I said, with. Like, and so, yes, they would have. They're losing money by not having these games. They're losing a lot of money. I yeah. get it. I really do. The uh, the the Bulls actually uh, indicated that the cost, the in the amount of revenue that they pay per game to non-team personnel, just the people that they actually like employ to do concessions and janitorial stuff and all that stuff is $230,000 per game. So that ought to give you a pretty good idea of what it's going to cost a lot of these teams in terms of lost revenue, just not in terms of the, what they're not making, but in terms of what they're expecting to be, what they're you know being expected to pay out. Now right. I, I suspect that almost but, all of them will do it, but also we're not talking about a lot of games either. Correct. But they're also because like the NBA was almost done. Yeah, the NHL is like what two weeks behind that. Oh basically? no, ahead of it actually. The NHL technically ends. were they first? I, yeah. I thought they. I thought oh, I must be. Yeah, they're usually they're usually about two weeks ahead of the NBA in terms of their schedule. Okay, so like yeah, because okay, so the NHL has like twelve games left or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And not all of those were home games. Correct. Although in as I mentioned, in Delaware North's case, because they are the the owners of the TD Garden, they would be dealing with both the Bruins home games and the Celtics home games. Yeah, I get it. So and you know other events that and would other be going events on. I would be going on. Yeah. Right. I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not, just saying like this isn't a full season worth of stuff that they've got to absolute, pay out. Absolutely not. And you know, I, I do want to mention that like I don't really want to dog the 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 Jacobs family here any more than I have to. You know I'm not a huge fan of, fan of Jeremy Jacobs. Right. I have literally mentioned in the past that my favorite team is run by a supervillain. That said, I'd be very surprised if they don't come to some sort of a, an, an agreement. And again, this is Thursday night. We record Saturday. So, like, we don't necessarily – like, a couple of days is not the end of the world for them to take time to figure out what's going on, not least of which because in a lot of cases, like – they're still trying to deal with non-essential personnel from their day-to-day operations that they have to deal with. Like getting people like just have figuring out who can work from home, for instance, right. Is a, is is a big deal. So I, I would expect that we'll see a statement from them sooner rather than later. I imagine, like you said, there will be at very least pressure to do the right thing and to pay these workers as though those games were still going on. Um, the interesting thing about this is that one of the things that may pop up is that, Often those games that are canceled because of weather are covered by a level of insurance so that they, they, that those so teams – insurance might be – Well, so that's the question, right? A lot of these – a lot of the reason you haven't seen immediate that stuff is because lawyers are going through and trying to find out whether or not a pandemic is covered by you know, uh, their insurance I'm gonna agency. Guess, I'm going to guess no. It depends, right? Because sometimes, sometimes people are smart enough to include that thing and sometimes they're not. So – I, again, like I, I think this is more a matter of timing than anything else. I, I imagine that they will get there. And frankly, if they don't, like they should be roundly considered. Particularly the Jacobs family hmm. should be, you know, heavily criticized for for not, you know, taking care of those people, their people, in those particular times. Anyway, let's briefly cover the last game that the Bruins played uh, before the the great darkening, if you will. The great darkening. <laughs> Uh, the, Bruins, the Bruins snapped the Philadelphia Flyers nine game winning streak to uh, crest over 100 points uh, in the standings. They beat the Flyers by a final score of two goals to nothing. Um, Tuka Rask was brilliant in this, uh, although he did get a little bit of help from Charlie Coyle, 
who ended up having to make a save in net when uh, Tuka Rask was briefly out of position. Um, but yeah, uh, this was a very good win for a team that is, you know, if they continue the season, if they decided to end the season and continue to the playoffs after uh, a couple of months layoff, the Bruins would be the the best team in the league. Um, in the league? Yes. Okay. So when they come back, just say that season's end, best team of the league gets the Stanley Cup. I sincerely, Get the boats. I, I sincerely doubt you'll see that. And one of the reasons I doubt you say this is that the NHL is actually an old enough league that this is the second time they've had to deal with this kind of a problem. They were a league during the 1919 Spanish flu outbreak. And so that year, uh, there was no uh, Stanley Cup awarded. In this particular case, it does sound no. like there is a possibility that they could be looking at a either terminating the regular season or having the teams that are currently behind on the total number of games uh, play a couple of games to catch up. So, like, not everybody's played the same number of games. Right. Yeah, yeah. You try to have that, you know, if everybody's played 69 games and a couple of team play, teams have played 68, you'll have those teams play each other to try to get up to the to the correct number of games. And then you would go into the play a, a foreshortened playoffs based on that. Obviously, like, these teams aren't even close to trying to being able to announce anything at this point because, frankly, they don't know – when they will be able to come back. It's going to be weird having all four sports playing at the same time. Yeah, well, and then you've got the interesting thing, and this is sort of one of the things I foreshadowed. Like, this is going to have some major carry-on effects, not only from this season, but in subsequent seasons. Because the cap, for instance, is calculated based on the amount of revenue from the season before. Now, if you have a whole bunch of games that you're just not playing, that means that you could have the cap go down by as much as, like, 20%. And, you know, that's going to there are some real repercussions from that. So, I, you know, obviously we'll we'll have time to to consider some of this sort of thing when sports sort of reconvene. But in the meantime, you know, the the Bruins are going into the, the hiatus on top. Uh, let's go on to the Boston Celtics. Um, as previously mentioned, the NBA was the first of the American leagues to uh, to cancel its season. They suspended on Wednesday night after it was revealed that Rudy Gobert, the center for the um, Utah Jazz, had tested uh, positive for uh, the COVID-19 coronavirus. Um, man, that is a whole situation. Um, With him running around touching everything? Yeah, so apparently he had been <laughs> particularly flip about the whole thing and like, Apparently, it's caused, like, severe, like, repercussions inside his own locker room because there's a lot of indication that the other player who has now tested positive for coronavirus, um, Donovan Mitchell, was infected because Gobert was basically being like, oh, I'm sick, I'm sick, and going around and touching everybody. He obviously didn't think he was sick at the time. Right. But, you know, that's that's a lot to come back from. You, you're basically singularly responsible for a multi-billion dollar entity and really several other multi-billion dollar entities suspending operation for probably at least a month. Yeah. Um, again, like the um, like the NHL, there's been no indication from the NBA as to future plans, not least of which because nobody's really entirely certain when it will be considered safe to have max gatherings of people again. Um, this led to a very weird situation in the um, I want to say it was the Pelicans game where the Pelicans after the announcement refused to come out onto the court for a game that they had 
been scheduled to play before things were officially canceled in part because one of the officials had worked a game the previous night against the uh, involving the Utah jazz. And they were concerned that that official may have been exposed to coronavirus. Um, This gets weirder for Celtics fans because five days before, which is roughly that incubation period for Mm -hmm. the COVID-19 virus, they hit the Utah jazz had played in Boston. I love um, for a little while they were like, oh, it was within the incubation. We're fine or whatever the heck it was. Yeah. Like, and they so, were like, we're good. It's, it's okay. And then it's like, uh, maybe we're not. Yeah. So uh, the <laughs> NBA announced uh, on Thursday, or excuse me, the Boston Celtics announced on Thursday um, that they are one of five NBA teams who have been told that, that their players should self-quarantine to, uh, because of possible exposure to coronavirus. Now, I will say one of the sort of leading player voices on this has been Jalen Brown, who... I think has actually had a pretty good response to this whole thing. He basically, you know, announced that he would be part, you know, willingly doing this. Uh, He's spoken in support of the league and its particular decision in this case. Uh, His quote is that everyone can play a role in slowing down the spread of the virus. Uh, Hospitals and healthcare can only hold, uh, can only hold so much. So even if you're not sick, not getting yourself exposed gives hospitals the opportunity to process cases that they already have to deal with mm-hmm. and, you know, better testing methods to be put in place. Um, as a matter of fact, it was announced, I think, uh, yesterday that Walmart was going to allow its um, parking lots to be set up for drive through testing. Um, but those drive through tests aren't available yet, so they can't, yeah. you know, that can't even start for who, who knows how long. Kind of an empty gesture then. Well, it is and it isn't because eventually those tests will be available. And Walmart is one of the few companies that has a wide enough physical distribution across the United States that almost everyone will be within a easy reach of a Walmart for that particular kind of testing. Really, you know, just them saying that they're willing to do that gives the CDC, for instance, a way to plan for getting things these things in place instead of having to make a deal with every small little, you know, part of the country about where they can can put a particular testing center. Hmm. Um, and, you know, the fact that they can do it in a parking lot, for instance, means that they can avoid large concentrations of people who are waiting in like doctors waiting rooms, for instance, to see whether or not they can get tested. So, you know, I, I I'm not a huge, I'm not the biggest Walmart fan on the planet, but I do think that it, it's significant that they came out and they, they immediately made themselves available for this particular purpose. Uh, let's do similar to the uh, Bruins game. Let's talk about the last game that the Celtics played. They actually clinched the playoffs uh, with a 114 to 111 win over the Indiana Pacers on uh, Tuesday night, basically the night before everything was shut down. Um, the game itself was probably a lot closer than you would like. It, it followed a lot of the sort of collapse patterns that you've seen from the Celtics uh, the last couple of games where it looked like they were getting out to an early lead and then sort of falling asleep. In this particular case, uh, they do manage to hang on to win. They are still down a number of players. Uh, Kemba Walker did not play in this game. Uh, Jalen Brown also did not play in this game. Jason Tatum had a very good game, putting up another 30-point game. Um, So, again, if the NBA chooses to end the regular season where it is now – they will be the three seed uh, in the East going into whatever possible playoff combinations that things are. He's uh, turning into a solid all-star this year. He's done what I def- desperately wanted him to do, which is not to take the all-star game as an endorsement, 
but as a indication that he's on the right track. Um, I gotcha. You know, you, a lot of times you see these guys make an all-star game and they sort of refuse to, they sort of assume that they've reached the peak, their peak. Uh, most famously, Ben Simmons of the 76ers is one of those guys who's gotten this uh, particular criticism in the past, where because he is considered to be elite at several skills and has made the all-star team, it often seems like he doesn't feel the need, the need to work on the weaknesses in his game. Uh, that is definitely not the truth with Jason Tatum. Oh, they're all good. Uh, Jason Tatum, for instance, is a much better finisher around the rim the last month and a half than he was even before he had been selected, much less at the beginning of the season when he was objectively bad. Um, now he is finishing at a rim at an all-star pace. He has been scoring the lights out of the ball. He's averaging 27 points a game on the season. If you take the last uh, 12 games into account, I think he's averaging closer to 30. Um, he has been very, very good. And honestly, like he could be that guy that everyone has been kind of, actually, I'm going to say he is that guy that everybody yeah, wanted the, so. the Celtics to play for or to, uh, excuse me, to trade for. Like he is that H, you know, that number one blue chip guy that that could lead a a championship team. I really do feel that at this point, particularly because he doesn't tend to monopolize the ball in the way that doesn't tend to work in the postseason. Like if you look at guys like, for instance, um, if you look look at a guy like, um, oh for goodness sakes, James Harden, for instance, Harden is a guy who is exceptionally good in the regular season. He is a worthy winner of the MVP trophy a couple of years ago, but he tends to kind of disappear in the playoffs in part because his, his type of game relies heavily on the kind of ball that is played during the regular season and not the kind of ball that tends to get played in the postseason where things sort of slow down a little bit, where the, the, the fouls are not given out as liberally I really don't feel like that's the case with Jason Tatum. One of the things that he seems to have learned over the last, like, three games of play is how to pass out of a double team, which seems like it's an elementary thing, but actually kind of isn't when you're dealing with NBA-level speed. So I I do feel like he is sort of the prince that has been promised, so to speak, for uh, for the Celtics faithful. All right, let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, we have another league to actually two more league cancellations to talk about, although, uh, well, one of them will almost certainly resume and one of them certainly won't. Uh, and we'll talk about the fate of the Olympics at some point. All right, we are back. So the Boston Red Sox are currently not in spring training. Um, Summer League, or excuse me, spring training was basically suspended by Major League Baseball. Also, as you might expect, because of the COVID-19 coronavirus outbreak. What I like to call the silver lining. (laughs) Uh, The Red Sox have been cleared to leave their training facility. um, And so they are allowed to basically return to their respective homes. Um, you know, not really a whole lot to talk about in this. The, uh, the one player that they had that had been previously quarantined, um, because of coronavirus fears, of course, was the, uh, Taiwanese bottle player that we talked about last week. Uh, he has also been allowed to, uh, not travel, but allowed to, uh, leave the, uh, the, uh, the Florida, 
Well, he's been allowed to leave the training facility. Basically, he's no longer uh-huh. under quarantine. My understanding okay. is that he's not going to be able to return home for the time being. He's not going to be able to go back to Taiwan. Um, but also, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. So uh, I, I would imagine that he would stay either in Florida or would just move back up to Massachusetts in preparation for the potential beginning of the season. I would have to expect at this point, obviously, you know, uh, Major League Baseball has pushed back opening day. Um, we don't obviously know. But they haven't disclosed when. They haven't right? disclosed when it's yeah, going to be okay. going to start. But one would hope at least that it's not going to be pushed back too, too far. Um, Silver Line here, maybe there are fewer baseball games played this year. Just I saying. Mean, that's what I'm hoping. Yeah, I don't think we're that Although lucky, I think but... they're stubborn enough that they'll try to play their whole season. So like in get March, ready for we'll be, get ready know, for like, World Series. <laughs> get ready for back to back after back to back after back to back. Oh no! Please no. Yeah. Regardless, though, um, you know, obviously nobody has Whole been infected just... uh, so far, but, you know, they've basically been very cautious about, you know, um, this, you know, obviously, particularly in baseball, which tends to have a much more international um, player base than other sports. Uh, you know, something like a global pandemic is a, a real concern. Uh, the Red Sox are yeah. also discussing how to support uh, um, hourly employees, um, you know, uh, Brian Halloran, who's the current general manager and president, uh, CEO Sam Kennedy, uh, talked about the topic during a conference call on Friday. Uh, once again, there has been no public plan that has been released from them. But again, this is, you know, Major League Baseball, I think, actually didn't even talk about postponing their opening day until um I want to say either late Thursday or early Friday. So that sounds right. Doesn't you know the the fact that they haven't come out with something just I yet mean, isn't terribly surprising. And they, this might be the thing where like it would be bad if they didn't help their employees at all. But if it's pushed back, like they might have time to actually get some other work once like things finally start. Well, and baseball is a little weird in the way that it handles concessions because if you're a concession worker who works at the stands, you get paid as an hourly employee. But the guys who actually wander through the stands, they're actually independent contractors. They basically bid on the ability, oh, the, the right. They bid on the right to sell that stuff. So that's I'm, I would imagine that they would try to support those people. But there's also the question of you know, the, the level at which they choose to do so, you know, um, you know, that's, that's going to be an interesting question there hmm. because if those people aren't getting paid hourly normally, if you're going to support them, obviously you want to do so, but you also want to make sure that you're doing, you know, that you're setting a reasonable expectation of how much they're going to make during that time. Um, the Red Sox also announced that Fenway was going to be undergoing a three day cleaning uh, Airmark and Surfer will begin a three day cleaning of Fenway park. Um, actually would have started as we record today is set to uh, to conclude on Monday. Um, basically, they're going to go over every square inch of the facility and disinfect it. Hey, welcome to my job. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, this is less of a concern for Fenway because Fenway has not really been in operation um, as the same uh, as JetBlue Park has been down in Fort Myers. I was going to ask if they even had any concerts or anything like that. Recently. I think they have had a couple of events there. Yeah, and so, sense them you know, I, I haven't looked at the, the schedule for Fenway, but can, it does make a fair amount of sense for them to go and be as careful as possible. Can, can I mention this, though? Like, all the places that are saying that they're doing, like, extensive disinfections and, mm-hmm. and things like that, why is it a normal disinfection uh, routine in your, like, normal anyways? It's a good question. I will say that because you really shouldn't have to do anything extra if you're already doing this. 
this seems like one of those out of an excess of caution things because I think they feel like at some point Major League Baseball is going to resume. And if they can go to people and say, hey, not only do we do our normal cleaning, we did this extra super special, you know, gold star <laughs> deep cleaning that they'll be more likely to get people to show up. Um, and look, if you're baseball, if it's anything like the technique I saw on the television for the New York uh, subway or whatever it was. Yeah, it's not good. I will say this, which is that one of the advantages that I think that baseball and um, and football to a certain extent will have is the fact that they are largely outdoor venues. We do know, for instance, that I don't like ult- the outdoor. Well, ultraviolet radiation does a very, very good job of yeah. killing um, viruses. And so sunlight is really, really good. Like, I, I know that everybody kind of wants to shelter in their homes, but as weather gets better, just spend some time outside. Like, believe it or not, it, it, it does actually help, you know. Um, and so I, I do think that it is less of a concern there than it would be at a place like a subway, which literally never sees the sun. Right. So, yeah, I, I mean, I've definitely seen, like, New, I've seen some of the videos that you're talking about where they were, they were quote unquote, disinfecting the subways. They just had, like, Lysol wipes, and they were, like, barely wiping everything. You're, that was you're, actually driving me nuts. You're relying on a lot of hourly wage workers to make that happen. And I will say, in this particular case, they did. But, but again, that's where I'm coming on, like, why do you not have this as your routine anyways? These, these products and supplies should be in your possession. Oh, yeah. And you should have workers that are able to do this. Just call them and give them overtime. Right. And get it done properly. I would not be surprised to find out that this is essentially a stronger version of something they do at the beginning of every season anyway, for instance. Yeah, possibly. You know, and particularly because ServePro is involved. I mean, ServePro is a company that specializes in, you know, commercial level deep cleaning. That says to me that this is probably not as far out of the realm of the experiences you would normally expect. And look... I think you're right that, you know, certainly there probably needs to be a, a genuine level, genuine level of, of expectation of cleaning as it stands. But also, like, I think them making the extra effort to come out and say this, A, is a reasonable PR move, and B, is probably a pretty good idea. Even if this did turn out to be exactly the same cleaning they do at the beginning of every baseball season, I think highlighting it makes more sense right now. Okay. That makes any sense. That makes sense. Let's move on to the New England Patriots football, probably the well, NFL football, probably the least affected of the major leagues, um, largely because it is not currently in um, operation. Uh, The Patriots announced this week that they have told their coaches and players not to fly uh, for the foreseeable future. This is more of an issue, obviously, for the coaching staff than it is for the player base, largely because the coaching staff is currently undergoing a number of, uh, you know, uh, pro days and individual evaluations as we get closer and closer to the NFL draft. I got to be honest with you, though, like. I, I don't I largely feel that a lot of the the scouting that is done by individual NFL teams is probably over preparation then more than anything else, like it seems to be, it seems to me that if you are like the Patriots, I love the Patriots organization, but they have not been the best people at drafting. That is true. I don't think losing out on a little bit of information is really going to hurt them all that much relative to, you know, I mean, uh, other things might make Belichick like lose sleep. Probably, but you know what? He's, like he's an information hound, basically. He is, but also like I, I feel like he is very good at evaluating players who play at the NFL level. Like I think he's been yeah. much better in in terms of the, um, in terms of the free agent signings than he has been at drafting. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so not sending people out to do the, that particular scouting, I don't really feel is, like is necessarily going to hurt them all that much. Um, I do think that it's interesting that all this stuff happened after the NFL Combine, which will give, you know, obviously a pretty good indicator to most teams uh, about the vast majority of, of, players, yeah. of individual players. But we do know, for instance, that Belichick has been you – know, he was – Announced as being at some random college in Middle Tennessee, yeah. you know, scouting some prospect that nobody had ever heard of, and that—that's a very Belichick thing to do. Belichickian. Um, we did find out. Uh, it, we do have some non-coronavirus news, which is that Rob Gronkowski signed with uh, Titan Sports Entertainment to become a WWE wrestler this week. That was just the best thing I've ever heard. It's also the least surprising news of yeah, this week. Yeah, no, everyone figured he was going to do it. Yeah. And uh, then all the naysayers were like, no, 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 he's getting ready for coming back from retirement. It's look, like, screw you. Even if, he, even if he was planning to come back from retirement at some point, this was always going to happen sooner or later. If, if he comes out and his whole shtick is Yo Soy Fiesta, like I'm all in and I'm going to be watching some WWE, it's let me tell you. It's going to be real interesting to see how they handle him, obviously, because he, he doesn't you know, obviously he has been in a wrestling ring before. We've seen him, you know, training with WWE personalities, yeah. but like he's never really been a wrestler in the I'm, same way. I'm sure they'll build up his story first as he's training. You know what I mean? So he'll make appearances. He'll be out there. If they make him a heel to begin with, I will. I will just turn it off. There's no be, way he can be a heel. Uh, not to start with. I agree with you. No, yeah. I, I don't think he can be a heel. Period. Like. Like him ever having like a mean demeanor, I will never take serious. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think a large part of that may be colored by the fact that we're New England fans. I think anywhere outside, Maybe, I guess anywhere else, he might be a huge else he villain. Might be able to be a huge. Like, if he goes into like, if he goes into um, like Atlanta, for instance, and starts making twenty eight to three jokes, like <laughs> that's a real easy way to get heat down there, right? I guess so. Mind yeah. you, it would probably make him a hero in New Orleans, but that's a different story I mean, altogether. I don't know. He just seems so like. Oh, look, he's such he's a happy-go-lucky personality. Kind of, yeah. So, like, he's got to be a face. And the he's interesting thing is, like, I'm really kind of like they've obviously wanted him for a while, but he's kind of the least controllable possible guy they could go after. Like, he, Rob Gronkowski loves wrestling, but definitely does not need the WWE. Well, he needs it to wrestle. Does he, though? Like, I'm willing to bet that he could go to um, AEW. Or I, I, I mean, he's got enough money. He could start his own wrestling Yeah, but I, really I feel he to. wants a little bit more exposure. Oh, sure. I think this makes a certain amount of sense, but it also means that this is going to be on his terms and not Vince's. And I think that that could be a potential source of, of tension in the future. I will never believe that Vince will make a deal that's not in his terms. Man, I don't know. Like, it wouldn't surprise me to find out that, like, he makes the deal with the assumption that he can control Gronkowski in the way that he normally could. But if this goes well for Gronkowski, like you're talking about a guy who has more career earnings than any WWE personality with the possible exception of Hulk Hogan. You know, the weird thing about this though, and by the way, has his own marketing deals is that by doing this, he'll become a better actor. Maybe. If he can, if he can start, like I don't expect him to be good at like the whole uh, talk up and stuff like that, whatever they call that. Uh, you don't think his mic skills are going to be yeah, all that his great? mic, yeah, exactly. I don't think his mic skills are going to be great to start with. But if he starts getting into it and and learning the little tricks of the trade and stuff mm-hmm. like that, it translates to to acting pretty well that I've seen. 
most most wrestlers are pretty good actors because they act all the time anyway. I would agree with you in the sense that it'll give him a better foundation than what he has now. I have to say that the history of professional wrestlers becoming decent actors has been a relatively recent thing. And a lot of it is predicated on their understanding of, of things like, you know, public psychology and mic skills and stuff like that, which is, again, right, but the, that, the better he gets at mic skills, the oh, better well, he'll become. That's what I'm saying. I don't think he's got wrong. a chance to do that. Yeah, that's that. I, I don't think you're wrong. I'm just saying yeah. I, he's got a lot further to go than I think a lot of people. Oh, yeah, he's a, he's a horrible actor right now. Yeah, which is why I think when he first comes in, he's going to be kind of cringy to watch. I mean, if you ever awesome. if you watch Ronda Rousey when she first showed up in WWE, like she had a lot of that problem. Yeah, like she was bad on the but, mic. But I can't think of many people who don't get better. Yeah, that's true, and especially if they give if they give him the opportunity to to sort of grow into it. Right, and one would expect with his, the the profile that he's bringing in with him that. If they don't, somebody else will. As long as his character fits, too. Like, if he comes in as the dentist again. Oh, he's like, definitely coming in as Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, he's got to come in as party Gronk, like, right? The whole reason that you're bringing him in is because he has that profile to begin with. You're when, not bringing him in to be the dentist. You're bringing him in to be Yosoy Fiesta Rob Gronkowski. When, yeah, exactly. When it's time to party, we will party Gronk. Yes, very much. <laughs> Uh, I do want to see at some point, by the way, Julian Edelman is his man as his manager. <laughs> <laughs> just as a one-off, maybe? Like yeah. a WrestleMania or just something? Just seriously. Like, if there's That's anybody really on the Patriots right now who actually probably could do the mic stuff, it's probably Julian Edelman. It's definitely not Brady. No. <laughs> I, I would not be surprised to find out that Julian Edelman makes more money in commercials right now than he makes as an actual wide receiver. Oh, that said, I would love to see Brady come out as his manager and give the same non-answers like he does for any interview after a football game. Yeah. <laughs> that would actually be kind of hilarious. Uh, last bit of news that I have for you is an actual piece of football news. Uh, the Patriots extended Matthew Slater this week. Um, he was, you know, obviously he has been a very, very good special teams player for him. Almost certainly a Patriots Hall of Fame member and probably one of the best special team specialists of all time. Uh, he's 34, which is actually pretty surprising to me. Um, but he will be making, I think, about $2.5 million, and he extended He's signed through uh, the end of the 2021 season. Uh, it does seem to me that Slater is going to be one of those guys who retires as a Patriot at this point, mostly because it's I don't think it'd be – well, I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing at all. I think it's a good yeah. thing, but also like, I think part of it is that very few people are willing to give $2.5 million to a special team specialist like, like Bill Belichick is. And look, it's worked out some it amazingly works out, well for like, him. Yeah. So I'm certainly not I mean, throwing any shade. Th there's a part of you that just kind of wants to yell about that. But then you're like, ah, but special teams have made some really important plays. And Slater <laughs> has been a big part of what this team does better than anyone else in the league for a long time now. Yeah. Like he's 34. He's been in the league for ten over 10 years at this point. Yeah. So anyway. Yes. Uh, let's take another break. When we come back, we will talk about the end of the XFL season, and we will talk about no end for the, you know, no cancellation for the, uh, the Olympics. Uh, 
All right, we are back. So, uh, as previously mentioned, the XFL has ended its inaugural season. Uh, yeah, I mean, this was sort of inevitable. Can, I was get, all ready to be all pissed off today, too. Because of the uh, the, the shenanigans at the end of the Dragons yes. game last week. Yeah, in case you missed it, uh, the Dragons were basically denied an opportunity to potentially tie the game. Uh, when the game was ended two seconds early, uh, when the Dragons had possession of the ball, uh, pretty deep into uh, the opposing territory. It's on like the 30 or something like that? Yeah. It does, it, which, by the way, if you have the opportunity, I highly recommend you seek out uh, articles about this at the end of this broadcast. Because one of the things the XFL has done exceptionally well is to give on-field reporters access to people who are involved in the play. In this particular case, that included the head referee who made the decision to end the game two, with uh, two seconds left on the clock. Really? Yeah, and uh, that was an awkward interview, shall we say the least. Why'd you do that? Uh, yeah. yeah, he gave kind of a non-answer, as you would expect, but uh, yeah, definitely an odd situation. But in this particular case... It was kind of inevitable. They didn't have that much left of the season left to play. They had already basically committed their they their a lot of their players had they had committed that they would be free by a certain point uh, because they wanted to make sure that XFL players would have the opportunity to sign for, with NFL teams uh, as the beginning of the NFL preseason ends up coming up. Uh, they did, by the way, in, announce that any of the players who played for the XFL this season are immediately eligible to sign with NFL teams that they are not planning to keep them under wraps until the end of what would have been their season, which frankly just makes sense. That Doing makes otherwise sense, yeah. would basically just be you Vince petty. being a yeah, Vince being petty. And although well, <laughs> but Vince is petty against people he feels has wronged him, and that was definitely not the case in this particular case. Like th- this was not a matter of the players or might issue. wrong him. That's true. But also, like th- let's face it, there's really there's been basically like two stars in the XFL so far this season that really have gotten anywhere near the level of um, notoriety that they would be able to get uh, somewhere else. I know, so. I know the Dragons are the worst team in the league, but I still like watching them. Uh, yeah, well, and the thing I, is, like the worst team know. in the league, at least they've been competitive in their um, in their you know particular you know uh, games. Like bad in the XFL does not has not been what bad in other leagues have been bad in the nfl is right because like, that's you get you get a group like the Bengals game or well i mean look the Bengals have been yeah they've been pretty pretty terrible too lately i mean they, they're they the worst team in the league and they're not likely to spend anywhere close to the cap so anyway okay, um, but the browns are the like second worst in the in the league but and, they, they, and they do pay up to the cap that's the thing though like i'm a lot more <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm a lot more um, willing to forgive a team that at least tries. And is Bengals that trying try. though, or is that just not understanding numbers? Oh, look, it, they're bad at it. There's no. Yeah, the Browns are definitely. I mean, bad they're only at... lucky that the Bengals are worse. But like the thing that bothers me about having a team like the Bengals in the league is that you are in the richest league in the history of mankind, yeah. right? You are like are they you could sell your team tomorrow. In Cincinnati, which is the literal definition of a major city no one cares about, and you would probably get over a billion dollars. Easy. 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 Right? Easy. And you're not going to at least try. I I do want to point out that that, that, that ownership group has been notoriously cheap for such a long time at this point. Mm. There's a reason I think they've appeared in a grand total of one postseason in the last 20 years. So they, they made it that far. Wait, no, they were in the postseason like uh, a few years ago, weren't they? They were in the postseason with Carson Palmer, I think, in like 2007. 
Like that's the last time they actually end up making the postseason. And it's one thing to be cheap. Like it's one thing to be like the Tampa Bay Rays where you can have the, you have the opportunity to, to develop talent and make it, but like, you can't do that in the NFL. There's no, po- there's no minor league. Yeah. You can't, you know, stash people in a minor league to develop them and then bring them up when they're actually like, you know, going to help you out. So anyway, back to the XFL, um, you know, unfortunately there was a, with the bands going through, particularly in Seattle, actually, which has been sort of one of the epicenters of coronavirus spread in the United States. Yeah. There was really no chance they were going to be able to continue this forward. <laughs> I picked bad. Uh, look, man, <laughs> like, bad. how are you going to know, right? I know. Like, well. I'm going to be real interested to see what happens this postseason. Because one of the things, or excuse me, not uh, next year, I should say. Okay. Um, because... You know, Vince McMahon bet a lot on the XFL working out, and it looked like it was working for a long I think, time. I, I think it worked. Really? Personally, I think it worked. I mean, I, I think I agree. I'm very interested to see whether or not the fact that – I want to see what happens next season because it won't be a new league at that point. But it also won't have the stink of this isn't really football, right? Because, like, yeah. if you brought the XFL yeah. back for season yeah. two after the first time around – I don't think anybody would have watched it because it was just a genuinely terrible product. That's not true this time. No, it's it's football. It's so football. It feels like football. I'm actually a little broken up that it's not going to be playing anymore. Right. Like I'm going to miss it. Those are all good signs in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, and I'm not the only one. I've actually, I actually heard another podcast that was talking a little XFL and they're, they're a little beat up about this too. Yeah. I mean, I really, th- we do know that their media deals go on for a couple of different, couple additional years. I have to say that the, I think this is going to work out for them in part because live sports are just so valuable right now. Yeah. Like even if he's got to finance a little bit more to make this work, I think it'll end up working. Um, but man, like what a rough, rough way to what, lose your yeah, first what a, season. What a, yeah, and you, you in no way could see it coming. Too. Yeah. Like I mean, no way you could there, see it coming. There's no, there's no circumstances. You just got to go. All right, well, here we go. Next year is a thing. I guess maybe if you believe in the, uh, uh, what you call it, the the cycles theory of history, because there was a cycle of uh, of a pandemic in 1919. That meant there was going to be one in 2020. But yeah, it was. There wouldn't, was wouldn't cycles mean like 2019 would have been the, the you would virus think, year? Yeah, yeah. yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I'll be very interested to see what ends up happening with some a couple of these players. Uh, P.J. Walker um, was a very good quarterback for the the XFL this season. Um, I do wonder whether or not he doesn't end up getting a look in uh, in the NFL at this point. There have been a couple of wide receivers and defensive players who I think have done particularly well. You know, I, I do think that you're going to see some of these guys not be in the XFL next season and go on to NFL careers. But also, like, that's a good thing. We got a league that worked. And it sucks to lose it for this season, but I do think that we're likely to get it for, for, for subsequent seasons, in part because I have to say this was kind of an unqualified success. Like, as much as the ratings were not close to what the NFL gets, they were nationally in, like, 1.5 million. Like, at this time of year when there's not really that much to watch that's live sports, like, that's a big deal. So, yeah. Last bit of news that I have for you today is that Japan's Olympic uh, minister says again this week that the Olympics will not be postponed or canceled. Um, The IOC and the organizing committee are not considering cancellation or a postponement, said uh, Seiko Hashimoto, who is the Japanese Olympic um, minister. 
Um, man, this is, I mean, on the one hand, I can kind of understand this. If you feel like this is going to burn itself out in two months, starting in July is not the end of the world. But man, this is going to get real weird in a hurry, particularly for events like um, soccer and basketball that rely on professional leagues that have suspended their their seasons um, and who may choose to resume those before the, the start of the act. Like unless these those leagues cancel their seasons altogether, if they choose to resume them. It's going to get weird trying to fit, you know, the end of the NBA season, for instance, in with the beginning of the uh, the Olympic season, because you're going to have a lot of players who are suddenly going to be asked to go deep into June, if not into early July for a potential NBA postseason and then be expected to go play in international play, you know, weeks thereafter and then presumably start the preseason when they come back in what is normally already normally a foreshortened offseason season because of those Olympics. Um, I, I will, you know, I like, I I don't, I will say this. I don't, I've heard some people saying that they feel like it's irresponsible for them not to delay the games. The games are far enough off at this point. I don't think that it's necessary. That's necessarily. I think it would be reckless to delay them at this point. One of the things that is kind of interesting to me is, Mm -hmm. is how quick people are like, canceling and delaying things mm-hmm. that are a month or two out. Right. Like if you're dealing with something that starts in April, I can understand why at this point you're talking like major league baseball suspending opening day, you know, postponing opening sense. day. That makes sense. Right. Yes. But you're talking about something that is four months away at this point. Like I can definitely understand them wanting to sort of slow the roll on, on people canceling it at this point. And I, and I get that they have a window that, that they need to make the decision in. But they're not close to the end of that right now. No. So I, I do think it would be reckless for them to be like, yes, we're going to like change the start of the Olympics right? because of the situation right now. Well, and they have the opportunity to put the testing measures in place to try to keep people healthy. You know, like now that there are tests that are available that will do rapid testing, you know, we've, we've seen yep. testing that we can that we've heard of at least rapid testing that can be done in under eight hours. You know, now that you know, for instance, that you can screen for people by body temperature, which is something that China has had a a fair amount of uh, success with, I think there are ways to make this work. It's definitely going to be a weird games regardless. But yeah, I I agree with you that straight up canceling it at this point was going to be a little bit uh, straight up canceling. It was going to be a step too far. Postponing it, I think at this point would be premature. Yeah. As much as I love to rip on the IOC and you know, I love to rip on the IOC. (laughs) I think I agree with you in this particular case. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with them not making a decision. Also, frankly, like this could be one of the most popular games in recent memory, just because everyone will have been basically everyone, cooped up for two, three months. Everyone will be hungry for it, right? Yeah. Be like anything, please. Yeah, figure skating in the summer, great. <laughs> Except baseball. Just kidding. <laughs> Except baseball. Nobody's watching yeah, nobody, baseball. Nobody cares about that. <laughs> nobody watches that, anyways. All right, uh, that'll do it for this week. As mentioned, we are going to go on hiatus basically until there's going to be uh, stuff to talk about. Unless you want us to talk about Madden. (laughs) (laughs) We can play games and then tell you how they went. I mean, we we can do our own fantasy sports league where we're literally doing a fantasy podcast about virtual sports. Uh, in the meantime, <laughs> in the meantime, if you want to get more of the show, you can find us on unqualifiednetworks.com. The best double dribble 
<laughs> coverage you'll hear Come anywhere. On, man. At least let me play Arch Rivals so I can punch <laughs> a dude in the face. I can remember the name of it. I can't remember. <laughs> if you'd like to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at UnqualifiedNet. If you want to follow me on Twitter, that's uh, at NSNITCO. That is N-S-N-I-T-K-O. Nintendo Ice Hockey. All the players are big versus small. So this is just going to be them bouncing around. If you'd like to follow Forrest on uh, on Twitter, I, I encourage you to do so at Forrest James. Uh, if you have a it's story, it's a bold move, God. <laughs> if you have a story that you'd like to share with the show, or you just like to provide us with some feedback, feel free to drop us a line <laughs> at unqualifiednetworks at gmail dot com, and hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, we'll see you again soon. Who will come out number one in Mutant League Hockey? <laughs>